At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is uncanny usa he says somebody's in the house and i screamed listen to uncanny usa wherever you get your bbc podcasts if you dare getting ready to take on spring make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools from hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste, or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products, because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Breaking down every game, every day in Major League Baseball, this is the Baseball Betting Show. Here is your host, Greg Peterson. Former Filthy Low, welcome to Lovely Las Vegas for the Baseball Betting Show with myself, Greg Peterson, now part of the Beeson Family Podcast. Got a great podcast for you. It's in the second segment, going to be joined by Josh Ingles. He does a great job over there at Covers. Really does a lot of baseball this time of year. He's also getting prepped for what is going to be an incredible NFL season. And we're going to be chatting with him about some of the futures that he's taking a look at and how this is sort of a interesting time period with it being just after the All-Star break, but just before the trade deadline where some value can be extracted and going to dive into a few games for this Tuesday, take a look at some betting angles and especially take a look at how you should be adjusting your handicap in terms of players that might be out of the lineup because we are certainly going to be seeing that with the Cardinals who are going to be without Paul Goldschmidt and Nolan Arenado due to vaccination status out there in the country. Canada. So we're going to be chatting with Josh about that in the second segment and good to have him on because he is out there in the country of Canada. So he's able to lend a little bit more light on that. And then in the final segment, going to give you guys picks and analysis on every game on the betting board for this MLB Tuesday. As we touch them all, first things first, always do love to be able to answer Twitter questions on this podcast. And you've got one or two ways to be able to fire those in. First one is my Twitter timeline at GUNet underscore 81. Keep in mind, letters here. Maybe it does not matter. So as per usual, please do send these into the timeline. Other ways, find an Apple Podcast review. If you rate this podcast five stars, it is very much appreciated from there. You're able to find whatever you'd like to hear on this podcast via that five-star review. Did not wind up getting in any Twitter questions today, and just a little bit of heads up. 
all week long. It's going to be a little bit more brief on the recap of the games from the West Coast because I'm going to be on the lookout all week long on VEASAN. For those of you guys out there on the East Coast, able to tune in 1 to 4 a.m. Eastern Time, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. If you're out here on the West Coast, it's 10 p.m. bleeding into the next day, 1 a.m. So starts Monday through Thursday, ends pretty much Tuesday through Friday. So got you guys covered there. But with that said, let's take a look at back at what we wanted getting for most of the slate on Monday. Try to find some trends and try to get to know these teams a little bit better. A game from yesterday is Greg buzzing about. Here is the rowdy recap. The Cincinnati Reds continue to be an offensive juggernaut at home as they're averaging a little bit over 5.1 runs per game at home this season. They take down the Miami Marlins by kind of 11-2 and the Trevor Rogers experience continues to be bad for the Miami Marlins this season. He takes his 10th loss of the campaign, gives up 6 runs in three and two-thirds innings as he was taken deep in this contest by Brandon Drury. His 19th home run season, Jonathan India, a little bit later off of Zach Pop, would be able to get his sixth home run of the campaign for Pop. And his ERA is a popping upward as he winds up giving up four runs while getting just two outs. He did wind up having two and two-thirds innings out of Jordan Hallway, him giving up one run in the process. And Williams Estadio wound up being able to throw a scoreless inning. That's a position player, Nick Lodolo. Relatively solid start here. He does find it giving up two runs in six innings, but both of those runs unearned hurt by a pair of errors out there in the field. Tony Barretta was able to give you a scoreless inning, and Joel Kuno was able to come in for two scoreless. Speaking of teams that were held relatively scoreless, the Orioles and the Rays. Our DK Nation pick of the underwinds coming through as the Orioles get most of their runs in the fifth inning, 5-1. to one. They take down the Tampa Bay Rays as the Rays... They could not do anything with men in scoring position. One of 12 with runners in scoring position. The lone home run in this game was Brandon Lau being able to get his sixth home run of the campaign for the Tampa Bay Rays as the Orioles. They did it by a small ball. They go two of nine with men in scoring position and just turned out to be a bad inning for Corey Kluber out there in the fifth as he was hurt by an error. Gives up five runs, four of which were earned. Luke Bart from there, a pair of scoreless innings and Pete Fairbanks was able to give you a scoreless inning but for the Baltimore Orioles, it was a wholesale approach. Austin both winds up getting the start. He gives up that solo run in his three innings of work but was able to evade a lot of danger from there. One and two-thirds innings scoreless out of Nick Vespi. Four outs out of the bullpen from Tino Perez, Dylan Tate, Felix Batista. Both give you a scoreless setting along with Brian Baker. So six scoreless settings in total for the Baltimore Orioles as they are fourth in the league in terms of bullpen ERA. And they are a team that is sitting right at 500. Going to be interesting to see what they wind up doing at the trade deadline. The Boston Red Sox get their first win ever since the All-Star break. And for the Red Sox, they're winning 66% of their games outside the division and they have not won a single series within the division. It's been very strange to take a look at 3-1. to one. Anyway, digging down the Cleveland Guardians as Zach Plesak gives up three runs over the course of five innings. Trevor Stevens, Sam Edges both give you a pair of outs out of the bullpen before James Karinczak gives you one and two-thirds innings scoreless, but for Boston, they wound up getting a very good effort out of the bullpen. Nick Pavetta, five and two-thirds innings winds up giving up one run along the way, was able to evade quite a bit of danger, but Garrett Woodlock, a two-inning save going scoreless in those two innings, and John Schreiber, one and two-thirds innings scoreless himself as the Red Sox, they wind up going three of eight with men in scoring position. The curse of Sunday Night Baseball continues. Every single team, it feels like, that winds up playing on Monday after they come off of a Sunday night game, they just seem to get destroyed, and for the San Diego Padres, 
They wind up getting just blasted by the Tigers by a count of 12 to 4. And here's how you know that the Sunday Day Baseball curse is real. I ain't giving up 12 runs to the Detroit Tigers. That's easy enough said as for the Padres. Chaminea, a terrible start. Three and a third innings out. He was not helped out by the fielding error. Cosmer wound up having an error that really made the third inning unhospitable for him, but gives up nine runs, four of which were earned, including a pair of homers. Mackenzie Gore, he winds up throwing one in the third innings, giving up two runs, including a home run, and he left this game with an injury, so that's even worse. You wind up having Steven Wilson give up a home run and his one in the third innings. Tim Hill, Nabel Krismet, both give you a scoreless inning as for the Detroit Tigers going deep. Miguel Cabrera, fourth home run season. Jameer Kendall-Lario goes deep twice. His eighth and ninth home runs of the season. And Eric Haas, his eighth. The Tigers, they're averaging about .6 home runs per game. So, man, these teams coming off of Sunday Night Baseball are not doing well. And Drew Hutchinson, not like he did great. He gave up four runs over the course of four and a third innings, including a homer, but... Joey Menace, Andrew Chafin, Jason Foley, I'll give you a scoreless setting. And Will Vest, five outside the bullpen, scoreless as Rickson Profar was able to go deep off of Hutchinson, getting his ninth home run season for the Chicago Cubs. They wind up getting at home, and they wind up getting the job done against the Pittsburgh Pirates by a count of three to two. JT Brubaker, relatively solid start. Had to evade a lot of bullets here as he gave up eight hits over the course of six innings, but only wound up giving up two runs along the way as he did allow a home run to Rafael Ortega, his fifth home run of the campaign, and then Adrian Sampson on the flip side. He was pretty solid himself. Two runs surrendered over the course of seven innings. Certainly not looking like the guy that had a 5 ERA in the KBO a few seasons ago. Michael Givens, Scott Efres, both give you a scoreless inning. And for the Pirates, he did wind up having Dwayne Underwood Jr. give you a scoreless inning. And Yuri De Los Santos takes a loss as he wound up giving up an under run in an inning as an O'Neill Cruz. Arowana burning them. And for the Cubs, now 4-0 after the All-Star break. So they've been able to crank things up. The Kansas City Royals wind up being able to get the job done against the Angels. This one going into the ninth inning with the Royals up by kind of 7-0. As Noah Thor Syndergaard, he did his part. He gave up one run in five and two-thirds innings. But unfortunately, it's looking like one run was probably too much of them from there. Aaron Loop gives up two runs in two-thirds of an inning. Ryan Tepera gives up two unearned runs in two-thirds of an inning. You wind up having two runs in an inning surrendered by Austin Warren as well. This for a Royals team that is currently without Bobby Witt Jr., their top home run hitter, as it was MJ Melendez who went deep in this one. It's 10th of the season. Then Zach Granke gives you a very nice start with five scoreless innings. Amir Garrett, Jose Cuas, Carpalo give you a scoreless inning, and then Josh Chema comes in to be able to hold down the fort at the end of the game. This is a game that has not went final, but the Oakland A's going into the bottom of the fifth inning up 6-2 to on the Houston Astros. Not a great start here from Jake Odorizzi. He winds up giving up a pair of home runs. And this one is going deep. Tony Kemp, fourth home run of the season. Sky Bolt is third. And with the Oakland A's, a team that's hitting below the middle line of 200 at home this season in night games. The ball does not wind up carrying very much. And yet, Jake Odorizzi allowed a five spot in that fourth inning. Not necessarily too terrific. Can't give you too much on Giants, Diamondbacks. Rangers, Mariners, and Dodgers versus Nationals. I'm recording this right around 8.15 p.m. Pacific time, so those games still very much in the balance, but what I can give you is what we're all seeing in Major League Baseball right now, and that is the fact that we do have a little bit of an underbinge thus far this season, though. Ever since the All-Star break, it has been fascinating with the amount of overs that we've been seeing. I'll get into that in a second. 697 unders to 660 overs thus far this season with a few games pending for Monday. And overall, underdogs, they are hitting at about a 40.2% clip. Favorites are 851 and 572, but we have seen about 50 home favorites not be able to cover the run line of a run and a half 
over the last 30 days and overall for the season. Home favorites, they're 540 and 370 straight up, hitting right around 59.3%. But among those 540 home favorites, we have now seen 173 instances in which it's been approximately a one-run win to not cover the run line. And if you're taking a look at everything post-All-Star break as well, it has been just 20 unders of 34 overs. Entering into the nightcap on Monday, so 63% of games post-All-Star break have wound up going over the total with underdogs. Not having a good run of it. Favorites, 35 and 20 as I record this right now. So that's what we're seeing in Major League Baseball, and that's what we wound up seeing in the MLB on Monday. Now let's turn the page forward to Tuesday, and let's take a look at a few betting angles and a few futures with our good friend Josh Ingles. He does a great job over there at Covers, and he's going to be joining me next right here on the Baseball Betting Show. By myself, Greg Peterson, now a part of the Beeson Family Podcast. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter. Let's please welcome Jamal Crawford to Point Game, King of the Court one-on-one tournament. If they had it back in your prime, do you think you could have took it all? I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think I could have took it all, but I think I would have shocked a lot of people. I think Kobe and everybody in their prime, Kobe would win a one-on-one contest. Yeah, I, yeah, because you got to think, Love he's going to guard. He don't care about guarding. He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, exactly. he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. like that, see that? Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. And then I, his, he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what so. I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because he didn't need it. <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. 
I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter. Let's please welcome Jamal Crawford to Point Game. King of the Court one-on-one tournament. If they had it back in your prime, do you think he could have took it all? I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think I could have took it all, but I think I would have shocked a lot of people. I think Kobe and everybody in their prime, Kobe would win a one-on-one contest. Yeah, I, yeah, because you got to think, Love he's going to guard. He don't care about guarding. He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, exactly. he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. like that, see that? Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. And then I, his, he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because he didn't need it. <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter. Let's please welcome Jamal Crawford to Point Game. King of the Court one-on-one tournament. If they had it back in your prime, do you think he could have took it all? I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think I could have took it all, but I think I would have shocked a lot of people. 
I think Kobe and everybody in their prime, Kobe would win a one-on-one contest. Yeah, I, yeah, because you got to think, Love he's going to guard. He don't care about guarding. He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, exactly. he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. like that, see that? Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. He's, he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what so. I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because it ain't me? <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. Breaking down every game, every day in Major League Baseball, this is the Baseball Betting Show. Here is your host, Greg Peterson. We're back here in Las Vegas for the Baseball Betting Show with myself, Greg Peterson, now part of the Beeson Family Podcast. Great to be joined by our guests as this fan does a great job over there. Our covers taking a look at the MLB this time of year, but on top of that, when it gets to more of the fall and spring months, you've got him doing a great job in terms of the NHL. And then on top of that, football season is just around the corner. He does a great job in terms of being able to take a look at the NFL, as it is Josh Ingles who's joining me on the podcast. He does an amazing job taking a look at a little bit of everything for covers. And you're able to follow him on Twitter at covers underscore Josh. And Josh, it is great to have you aboard. Thank you. Greg, always great to be here, bud. How are we doing today? I saw you got a little break over the All-Star, little reset button action happening. It's good to treat yourself when you're in the grind, the middle of an MLB season betting daily heavy volumes. How are you doing, my friend? I am doing great. And you know what? It was very refreshing that we wound up having that All-Star break. It was a perfect time for me to get away because I, mean, when you wind up having, let's call it what it is, exhibitions with Home Run Derby and the All-Star game, if you're Betting max units on the All-Star game, it's not recommended to say least because you've got more on the line than really the players in the game. And when it comes to betting on anything, you don't want to have more on the line than the people actually competing in the sports. So that was very good to be able to take a little bit of a break there. And now it is the second half of the season. And when it comes to the second half of the season, I think that we're in an interesting period because the trade deadline is coming up in a little bit over a weekend. One of the more fascinating times because this is really the last opportunity that you've got before some of these teams that, let's call what they, they are, are not necessarily so great, wind up selling off all their big pieces. It is that time period before teams like insert your playoff contender here wind up picking up those bats, those arms that they need to be able to make a playoff push. And I do think that just being able to handicap this time of year, it does lend itself a little bit more to these teams that are underdogs that they've got guys that have something to prove just before the trade deadline. I'm not sure if you wind up finding this, but I do like to bet on some of these guys that they are being a little bit rumored on the trade market because I feel like these are guys that they really have something to prove prior to them getting dealt somewhere. I think we're in the point where as a better, I think you have the most advantage versus a book when it comes to gathering information. It's great to have as many outs as you possibly can in this situation because books will be slow with news, some, and you can beat them for World Series odds, division odds. Let's say Soto goes here, Soto goes there. I mean, you can jump over and get future outright odds before they move at some books. So as a, as a better, like we see it a lot now. We see it in the NFL draft. We see it in the NBA, the NHL draft. These are kind of all the similar things. The books don't have the information before us, and we can use it to our advantage, like you just said, even speculatively and possibly turn some great plus EV on those plays. Yep, I totally do agree with you there. And 
it is one of those times in which it is going to be really interesting to watch some of these guys wind up getting scratched on like the day before the day of the trade deadline as well, which yep. that is going to be that's a fast, great point, very fast approaching. And I know that with everything that's going on, you've taken a look at a few teams in terms of the futures market as well, which is, is a very good time for it. If you think that there are going to be teams that are going to be buyers, good time to get in on them, especially if they're out there in a little bit of a divisional race. You don't know how it's going to go. And you think that there might be a team that they're going up against that could have a tough series. If they wind up dropping three games, they might wind up going from buyers to sellers. And I know that one of the big ones of intrigue right now is the AL Central because you've got the Guardians, the White Sox, and the Twins all within a few games of each other, sort of in a three-way tango. What are you taking a look at in terms of the AL Central? Because I still think that this is one of the more fascinating divisions out there in all of baseball. And really, the only way that you can take a look at it at the time that we're doing this podcast is at the futures market because it seems like every single American League Central team in every game that they're playing on Tuesday feels like they've got to be determined pitchers. Absolutely. So looking at it right now, obviously Minnesota leading, Cleveland a game and a half back as we talk, Chicago three and a half games back. Books don't really have a lot of lean on Cleveland here at plus 400 to win this division. I think they might have possibly the best rotation, the best for Mackenzie Bieber, Quantrill, and Plesak. I thought Lucas Giolito's first start when he came out of the All-Star break was going to be a very good indicator. And obviously, one game isn't going to be the huge sample size, but that team needed Lucas Giolito to be a different pitcher, and he got shelled by the Guardians in that first game. So I really like Cleveland here, J-Ram, Jimenez, and give me Clace as a closer. I mean, there's not too much to like about Minnesota. I think they're bottom four in the AL in war pitching and last in war relief. So I don't even like the bullpen in Minnesota. Kind of like the flyer here on the Guardians at plus 400. And I think it's just been too long kind of sat here with the White Sox and say, while they're underperforming, well, maybe this is a managerial thing. Maybe this is what the team is this year. I mean, this was a team that was dominant at home last year, one of the best home records, and now they're under 500 at home. There's just something not right. And with the sample size of what, 92 games, I think what we're seeing with the White Sox is what we get. And I mean, Luis Robert, I mean, when you're dealing with lightheadedness and dizzy and blurred vision you never know how long that could drag out and that's a very important stick when we're trying to judge where this team is going so I really like the Guardians here at plus 400 as I look at their strength of schedule down the stretch they have the 20th easy strength of schedule post all-star break in all of baseball I mean the division has an easy one but Cleveland at 20th so it's not a hard road for them to capture this title they're only down one and a half games Greg Yep, I agree with you there, and I do think that the Guardians at plus 450, that's just too long on a team that is this short in the division. Now, would I make the Guardians a favorite? By no stretch, no, but plus (laughs) 450, I'm right there with you. I do think that there is some relatively good value there, especially with the arms that they do have available. And Jose Ramirez, if he continues to play the way that he is, man, this is going to be a very fearsome team moving forward, as we do have Josh Ingles, does a great job over there at Covers. He is joining me on the podcast, and I know that one other angle that you're taking a look at in terms of futures market as well is at Shoy Otani. Now, as of right now, the Angels versus the Royals game for Tuesday is off the board. NL Zerpa wound up just getting announced as a starter for the Royals. I'll have my handicap on that in the final segment. But what are you taking a look at in terms of Shoy Otani? Because he wound up being able to win the MVP award last season. And for the Angels, was a very good start to the season. Boy, things have wound up going straight down the toilet bowl for them. So in terms of the awards market, 
I do think that it's so interesting because you've got to have a little bit of a fear in terms of just voter fatigue for him and just the rest of the team around him, not necessarily being so great. But I know you're taking a look at something other than MVP with him. I know. So the MVP was really interesting coming out of the gate after the All-Star break. Judge, I hit a little judge at plus 140 coming out of the break. Tony's like down 3.3 war as a batter. He's 1.7 war right now. Finished last year at five. His stick has not been the same as it was. He's been a better pitcher than he is this year. So I'm kind of looking over to the AL Cy Young Award. And if he could have not given up six runs in that final inning in his first start, we could be having a different race right here. And what's making this really interesting is the competition in which he's dealing with. We know that volume's a big thing when it comes to Otani, who doesn't even pitch every five days. And I don't even think he qualifies right now for pitchers because I don't think he's at 92 innings pitch. You can get odds of like plus 900, plus 1,200. You can shop around and find really good Shohei Cy Young Awards. He's got McClanahan ahead of him. He's got Verlander ahead of him. But what we do know with McClanahan, we do know that possibly they're not going to run him out all season lengthy they might go every six days they might add an extra day on him and then you have Verlander who had six innings pitch last year and you know what I mean he's 39 years old I believe we could see his numbers we could see his outings get scaled back especially when Houston's running away with that division so it's not often you see a pitcher who's third in betting for Cy Young and doesn't pitch a lot but the guys ahead of him could also miss some starts or get scaled back down the stretch so we saw what he could do, 11 strikeouts in 65 pitches, Greg. Like, the efficiency is nuts. And I, I've, I've been such a huge Shohei fan. I was living in Taiwan uh, before I came back Canada way, and I was lucky. We got to watch Hokkaido, where he used to play in Japan. We get to watch those games during the day. So I've been watching him since he was 19. I got to call one of his baseball games in the Premier 12. I got to do some play-by-play for that. So I've just been a huge fan, and I'm, I'm the, the way he's pitching right now, is absolutely phenomenal. Looks like the bats kind of slowed down a bit, but the pitching's better this year. Leads the league in K percentage at like 37%. The guy's just a beast. Give me some, I don't know, 10 to 1, 11 to 1, 12 to 1, and see what happens with McClanahan and Verlander. And to your point about Justin Verlander, about him being 39 years old and having only pitched fewer than 10 innings last season, I think that that's such a good point to bring up because for Justin Verlander, I do think that it could be a case of which they do wind up scaling back his innings. So I think that that's something that is very important to take a look at. And something else that's important to take a look at, as we do have Josh Ingles, does a great job over there. It covers your enemy right here on the podcast, is what's going to be happening in this Cardinals versus Blue Jays series. As we're doing this right now, there are a couple games that are on the board, and we'll try to touch on a few of these. But what I think is most interesting is this Cardinals versus Blue Jays two-game set because with the Cardinals, you're right now finding them as a plus-170 underdog with the Blue Jays at DraftKings as we record this. They're minus $2, which this sounds like it's out of whack if you have the normal St. Louis roster out there. But problem is, Paul Goldschmidt and Nolan Arenado, both out of the fold in the series due to vaccine status. Now, I'm sure that there are various people listening to this podcast that they've got thoughts there. And this is not a podcast to tell you one way or the other on that. But we're just looking at what it is. And it is a fact that the St. Louis Cardinals have by far their best two power bats out of the fold in this one. And 
I don't know how you wind up adjusting this. I personally wound up making about a 45 cent adjustment on the St. Louis Cardinals for not having Goldschmidt along with Nolan Arenado. I do think that it's tricky to look at position players being out, but I mean, this is just a very strange situation. And typically when a power bat is out of the fold, typically you can even wind up getting them in a pitch inning spot. Obviously this winds up taking them completely out. And I think that it's just fascinating as to how you wind up adjusting for these guys are out due to vaccination status in Toronto because we've been seeing it happening quite a bit over the last month or so. Yeah, there's a there's a few angles here. One is the angle also, how much do they really want to even be here as a team, as a competitive setup as the Cardinals? I mean, you're losing your leaders and come in there. The locker room will be different. That doesn't mean Toronto can't come in here and take them lightly. We've seen what they did with Kansas City. Toronto just kind of played flat. They sometimes do that. But you made a really good point on Twitter the other day when we were looking at the Blue Jays-Boston game after the big 28-5 beatdown and how that line moved overnight. And then the lineup came out and then Devers was out. We saw that line move. I think it was about minus 145, minus 115. We saw it swung to like minus 175. I think it closed at like minus 195. So just Devers, I believe it was Devers, right? Devers yes. Devers didn't start that game. Yeah. So you want to talk about how to price batters. The books took Devers at at least 20 points out of that lineup. And you banking on 45 points for those two is bang on in that way if you're comparing it to the books and what they valued Devers are. Because I, I, I think there's a very good comparable to their number three hitter in the lineup. So the scary thing about the St. Louis lineup, as I'm looking at it now, she gets pretty weak down at the end there, Greg. Newt Barr, Donovan, Edmund, Neiser. Like, there's not a lot of threat here after one, two, three, four. And now you're just sitting there with O'Neill with the power in the middle of that lineup. So someone like Barrios, who's going to get the start, who's given up a lot of hard contact, he might have another edge in this. So as I'm pricing it, we know as betters, this is not all betters, not recreational betters are jumping on, looking at what, minus 200, seeing it should be at minus 230 and jumping on that 30 point. Minus 200 is pretty difficult for some guys to jump on. But there are other things to look at. Uh, St. Louis team total unders, such like that. I don't really like this lineup at all. And at home, I don't know. It's it's the Jays. So we could see a snooze fest of a game. I wouldn't mind hitting some St. Louis team total unders, but I'm sure everything's baked into the line at this point. So betting edge, not there. But if you're you and you want to figure out just as a better, use these numbers to find out what position players are valued per game. So roughly middle of the order guys, 25, 30, 20 points. I think that's a pretty good adjustment there. Yep, and when it came to my handicap personally, I wanted saying this minus 218 on the Blue Jays. I see a little bit of value on the money line. I personally am most likely going to be taking a little bit more of a look at the run line. As right now, I'm seeing that at a plus 105. And with the St. Louis Cardinals with Andre Pallanti going, I do think that there's going to be some regression with how much contact in general he is giving up. So I do think that that's going to be a place where I'm going to be looking as well. And then someplace where we're looking as well as I know that we talked about this game a little bit off air. Really going to be the game of the night, in my opinion. The Atlanta Braves and the Philadelphia Phillies. Aaron Nola, who has been very super for this team thus far this season, he's going to be going up against Spencer Strider of the Atlanta Braves. And we've seen this come down a little bit. The Braves, they open up a minus 135 road favorite. That felt a little bit out of whack, and it looks like people agreed. This is down to more around minus 115 to minus 120 with the Braves being a favorite as we wind up recording this. And lots in play here. Spencer Strider began the season out of the bullpen and has certainly been able to have a nice rise, has been getting a whole bunch of strikeouts. But Aaron Nola, 
He has been terrific for this Philadelphia Phillies team this season. But as we know, the Phillies, they're coming off of that ugly sweep against the Chicago Cubs. What do you take a look at in terms of this game? Because obviously you've got two very good pitchers on the mound and two teams going in opposite directions ever since the All-Star break. Yeah, Nola's, Nola's always been a funny one for me this year, Greg, because I did fade him early, and I lost money on it, and I said these numbers might be legit as I just pull up his Savant page, and I'm absolutely floored to see how much dark red is on here. 99th percentile in walk percentage. We see Nola have no problem getting deep into games with that efficiency and with that Philly pen. I mean, that's obviously something you need to do. Whiff percentage isn't huge. So I love looking at whiff percentage versus chase rate. And when I see like a middle of the pack whiff percentage, doesn't necessarily discourage me. But when I see a chase rate really high, I know I'm probably getting lots of outside zone contact, which is probably going to be outside zone weak contact. He's just dominated this year. And what number do you have? I'm looking at plus 100. What do you have on this game? Wound up making the Philadelphia Phillies a very slight favorite. I wanted saying them more around about nice. a minus okay. 112, minus 114-ish just because Aaron Nola. This year has been the exception, but he's always pitched better at home rather than on the road. I recognize that the Phillies are coming off of a rough series against the Cubs, but something that I've had to take into account with the Phillies as well. Over the last 40 days, they've got the best bullpen ERA in the National League as well, and I think that that really is going to give the Phillies a little bit of juice moving forward in their series against the Cubs. It was really more or less the fact that they wound up getting a couple of bad starts, and then you wind up having the offense doing absolutely nothing. Three to four runs in this game, probably going to be enough in my opinion. Yeah, like that backhand. When Nola goes deep, he can get Knebel, Hand, Dominguez. Looking at three sub, three ERA guys. It's the middle inning guys that struggle in Philly that can get games blown up quickly. So if he goes seven, which it is not uncommon for him, I like the fact that you really are on him as a slight favorite. So, I mean, when you're seeing 20 points, something like that, that's an obvious play. And I was hoping you would say something like that because getting Nola at home at even money, even against Strider and a loaded Atlanta team, I still think there's value in it, even if it is 15 or 20 points. Yep. And to your point as well, being able to take a look at these guys that they're going to go six plus innings and knowing that, you know what? I don't need to handicap as many of these guys that have a four plus ERA out there exactly. in the bullpen. Take a look at more of the trustworthy guys that you brought up in Sir Anthony Dominguez, Brad, and Corey Canable as well. He's been a seventh inning guy for this team. So if he winds going six, you figure that those three guys wind up coming out of the bullpen. I think that that's a good point as well. And Josh, I know you're doing just an amazing job taking a look at the game of baseball. You do a great job taking a look at sides and totals, but I know that you do a great job of taking a look at the player prop market and I doubt that. As we both know, the NFL season is just around the corner. I know that you're doing your prep work on that front as well. So let the good people at home know they're able to follow you on social media and everything that you got going on in general. Twitter covers underscore Josh. Really trying to work on new previews because it's, it's a very saturated market right now when it comes to content and, and game previews. So I'm working with covers. Covers is really helping me try to get in touch with professional bettors who have writing backgrounds and they're going out of their way to criticize my writing, but in a good way. I'm trying to learn every day, basically, how to think better and you know it, it it's such a progression greg like where were you a year ago in your thinking of handicapping i'm sure you've come insane strides just within a year i've been doing a better job of taking a look at splits personally being able to just compare what you wound up seeing from one matchup to the other like i wound up mentioning this on the podcast 24 hours ago the fact that the rangers versus the seattle mariners game we wound up seeing that game about a week ago in Texas, be the Seattle Mariners right around minus 140. And lo and behold, what we wound up seeing 
on Monday, about two hours before first pitch. I was sitting right around minus 145, a five-cent move when a game winds up flipping venues. That seems a little bit off. Taking a look at those things I might not have a little bit earlier, that has been very big for me. Good. Yeah, an industry and a skill that you just need to continue to keep better, keep bettering yourself and talking to people like we do here in, in a situation, just talking with smart people because the community's great. The community wants everybody to be better. The community knows that there's not, there's some content out there that is fluff stuff. So it, it's nice to sit down with like-minded individuals who like to talk about it, not afraid to give slight edges away as such. It's really enjoyable. And it's uh, my progression as a handicapper and a writer, I've enjoyed it thoroughly and i mean it's still a long journey to go football season's coming up this is the baseball season i think this is the time of the year where you bunker down if you want to uh finalize some future bets you get them down right about now let that ride out for the next couple months enjoy the sweats going into september october and then we get and then we get uh we get more playoff ball this year so there's a lot to be excited about and then on top of that i gotta dig into nfl sides that takes a long time yep and when it comes to the nfl that is always the most efficient market on the face of planet Earth because Absolutely. call it what it is. Everyone gets geared up for the NFL season, and rightfully so. It's a lot of fun to be able to take a look at the NFL. But, I mean, that said, hitting anything above or below 50% is pretty darn difficult in the NFL because the books do such a good job with that. But a man that does a great job of being able to under some edges does a great job of being able to just take a look at so many of the games that we do know and love. That would be Josh. So big thanks to him for joining me right here on the Baseball Betting Show, now part of the VEASAN Family Podcast. Coming up next, it is that time of the podcast to give you a quick set analysis on our game on the betting board for this MLB Tuesday as we touch them all. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter. Let's please welcome Jamal Crawford to Point Game, King of the Court one-on-one tournament. If they had it back in your prime, do you think he could have took it all? I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think I could have took it all, but I think I would have shocked a lot of people. I think Kobe and everybody in their prime, Kobe would win a one-on-one contest. 
Yeah, I, yeah, because you got to think, Love he's going to guard. He don't care about guarding. He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, exactly. he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of it. Like that, see that? Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. And then I, his, he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because he didn't need it. <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is uncanny usa he says somebody's in the house and i screamed listen to uncanny usa wherever you get your bbc podcasts if you dare getting ready to take on spring make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools from hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter. Let's please welcome Jamal Crawford to Point Game. King of the Court one-on-one tournament. If they had it back in your prime, do you think he could have took it all? I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think I could have took it all, but I think I would have shocked a lot of people. I think Kobe and everybody in their prime, Kobe would win a one-on-one contest. Yeah, I, yeah, because you got to think, Love he's going to guard. He don't care about guarding. He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, exactly. he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of it. Like that, see that? Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. And then I, his, he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because he didn't need it. <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. 
Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter. Let's please welcome Jamal Crawford to Point Game. King of the Court one-on-one tournament. If they had it back in your prime, do you think he could have took it all? I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think I could have took it all, but I think I would have shocked a lot of people. I think Kobe and everybody in their prime, Kobe would win a one-on-one contest. Yeah, I, yeah, because you got to think, Love he's going to guard. He don't care about guarding. He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, exactly. he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. Like that, see that. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. And then I, his, he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because he ain't need it. <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. Breaking down every game, every day in Major League Baseball, this is the Baseball Betting Show. Here is your host, Greg Peterson. Remember, Greg, you love you, Las Vegas, for the Baseball Betting Show with myself, Greg Peterson, now part of the Houston Family Podcast. We have to get Josh Ingles of covers aboard. He does a great job taking a look at the game of baseball and Top that he is getting set for what is going to be a tremendous NFL season. Covers a little bit of everything over there at Covers. Has joined me a few times on this podcast and brings the goods every single time. So, big thanks to him for joining me in the last segment. Now it is that time of the podcast. I give you picks and analysis on every game on the betting board for this MLB Tuesday as we touch them all. If a game is listed on the betting board, Greg has a side and a total on it, so it is time to touch them all. Do note that as per usual, any changes that are made to these plays will be listed up on my Twitter feed at GNRNs41. We are going to be going in Las Vegas rotation order. This is where we go with the National League games first, then the American League games, and any interleague games. Those are going to be at the bottom of that. Should keep things all nice, neat, clean, and easy. So, without further ado, let's get down to business with that first National League game of 901-902 on the betting board. It is the Pittsburgh Pirates. They throw. They're going to be facing off against the Chicago Cubs as Keegan Thompson is going to be going for the Cubs, and Bryce Wilson is going to be on the bump. For the Buccos, we currently have no total up on this game. This is a Wrigley Field game that'll be decided by the wind in the AM. So you're probably going to be seeing this total come onto the board at like 7, 7.30 AM Eastern time. But with that said, we do have money lines. And with the Cubs, they're anywhere between minus 160 and minus 170, plus 145 to plus 150. Your price on the Pirates is because we do not have a total. We also do not have run line prices as well. But with that said, I do have my total for this game. And I set it at an 8.3, which means... Eight or less, I'll be taking a look at an over eight and a half or higher. 
to the under, taking a look at the conditions for this game. Wind is going to be blowing out, but not necessarily too hard, between about 5-6 miles per hour. So it makes a little bit of an impact, and then it's going to get a little bit more directional as the game winds up going along, but really nothing that should cause for anything substantial in terms of your handicap, in my opinion. But I did wind up making the Cubs minus 193 on the money line, and I'll pretty much be able to take anything of even money or better in terms of the run line on the Cubs as well. Keegan Thompson has been very solid for this Cubs team all season long. He has been a little bit hit or miss recently. He has given up one earned run or fewer in three out of his last five starts, and in the other two, he wound up giving up a combined nine. So that is certainly a case in which he's had his ups and downs, but has done his best at home, 284. Home ERA compared to a 440 on the road with out of his seven home runs, six of them winding up coming on the road as well, and just 30 and two-thirds innings compared to 50 and two-thirds at home as well. And then for Bryce Wilson, big thing for him is the fact that he has been able to get a few more strikeouts recently. He's been able to get more in the neighborhood, about seven punch outs per nine innings thus far this season. His walks per nine rate, it's been calmed down a little bit. More around 3.1 walks per nine innings, and he's been a little bit better on the road, but still, it has been a very bad year for him because he allows a lot of contact in general. Opponents are hanging a 322 off of him, 552 road ERA compared to an 820 ERA at home, and he has allowed eight bombs over the course of his innings thus far this season as he has went right around 49 and two-thirds innings, so certainly has been allowing just a lot of deep balls in general, and this is a Chicago Cubs team that they do a relatively solid job of being able to put back to ball as got a pair of guys in Wilson Contreras and Patrick Woodson with a combined 31 home runs entering into Monday's game, and a lot of guys getting on base in general as Nico Horner is able to give you a 300 batting average, and then you got C.A. Suzuki, ENF, Christopher Morrell, hitting between about a 273 to 283. Guys like Frank Schwindel and company do need to pick it up a little bit more. Rafael Ortega mounting right around 230, but certainly better than what we're seeing out of the Pittsburgh Pirates, who had one guy in the starting lineup for Monday hitting above a 248. You do have a pair of guys that will be able to give this team a double-digit amount of bombs. As Brian Reynolds, someone who's likely going to be getting traded at the deadline, he has been above that. And Michael Chavis is able to give you 10 home runs as well, but nobody else outside of Reynolds and Chavis in the starting lineup with more than five home runs. As Yoshi Satsugo, Onyo Cruz, Cal Mitchell, throw in there Tyler Heineman. Man, you've got a lot of guys running below a 215. Josh Meter as well for the Pittsburgh Pirates over the last 40 days. They've got the worst bullpen here in the big leagues. Now, the fielding independent in the science band has actually been more than a full point lower than their ERA of a 585, but We've seen these shorter guys like Aaron Fletcher, Chris Strand, and company not do too terrific. David Benar has been regressing a little bit. He's got north of a 5 ERA over the last three days. We have been seeing the long guys like Tyler Beatty and company do their part in for the Chicago Cubs over the last 40 days. This has been a bullpen that has been in the top 10 in the big leagues. Scott Efres, Michael Givens have been able to do a solid job. Rowan Wick, we've seen regression out of him. And Daniel Norris has been a hot mess all season long. But I do think that Keegan Thompson going to be able to go out there, give a relatively solid start. We've seen the Cubs bullpen shape up a little bit. I do think that there's going to be positive progression here for the Pirates bullpen as well. So, eight or less, I'm looking at and over, especially with the way that the Pirates just don't have any really good bats out there whatsoever. Eight and a half or less to the under end with the Cubs. Made the minus 193 on the money line. Even money or better willing to take a look at the run line. 903, 904 on the betting board. The Miami Marlins at the road face off against the Cincinnati Reds. We are on a Cincinnati, and they're on a Hunter Green getting the start for them. And Pablo Lopez is going to be going for the Marlins. Marlins, anywhere between minus 109 and minus 115 favorites. Meanwhile, the Red Likes, they're anywhere between minus 105 and even money. 8.5 is your total. The over is minus 120 and the under is even. I do wind up saying my total at an 8.7. We've seen 
little bit of regression with Mr. Lopez, but that said, I still think that he should be a favorite over Hunter Green because with Green, it's just been allowing the deep ball all season long. 2.3 home runs per nine innings. He's been able to get strikeouts with that 100 plus mile per hour fastball, but over four walks per nine innings as well. And frankly, home to road, very comparable. 579 ERA at home, 577 ERA on the road between 11 and 12 home runs in 40 plus innings given up in both environments as well. So he certainly has been given up quite a bit on that front. And then you take a look at Pablo Lopez and he's obviously been a little bit better at home than on the road, but things have been ironing out a little bit more. Just a 326 road ERA compared to a 3 ERA at home. Big thing is he has allowed 8 out of his 12 home runs on the road thus far this season, but his blocks per 9 rate is right around about 3 opponents starting at 212 off of him. So he able to do a solid job. Recently, things have begun to regress on him just a tad though giving him five runs in his last start against the Texas Rangers. But with the Miami Marlins, you do have a few guys that have been able to do a solid job of being able to get on base for this bunch, as you do have Joey Wendell. He's been able to above a 275 for the same gear Cooper as well. Though Cooper has been dealing with a couple of ailments last few days for the Cincinnati Reds. This is an offense that has been very good at home. They're averaging a little bit over five runs per game at home on the road. This winds up dripping to right around a three and a half. You do have Brandon Drury. He's been able to hit about a 270 for this bunch, and he's been able to slug out 18 home runs as far this season. Then Kyle Farmer, Matt Reynolds, Nixon, Zell, these guys in between about a 245 to a 260. You've been able to get more production out of Joey Votto since he wanted coming off the COVID injured list. And for Jonathan India, it's been a trying year for him. He's been dealing with a lot of injuries, but over the last, we're going to call it two and a half or so weeks, has been able to give the team a 370 on base. So things appear to be turning around a little bit for him. Meanwhile, for the Miami Marlins, you got guys like Jacob Sellings, Brian De La Cruz, Asu Sanchez, and a 225 or lower. But with the Miami Marlins, you also do have a little bit of a better bullpen as you've been able to get good innings out of Anthony Bass, giving you a sub two ERA. Jeff Brigham, a little bit of a jury's out situation on him, but Zach Pop, Stephen Okert, I've been able to give you a sub three ERA for the Cincinnati Reds. Their ERA is north of a 5-3 in the bullpen. That is by far the worst out there in the big leagues. Alexis Diaz has been able to provide a sub-250 ERA, but really other than him, you don't have a lot of trustworthy guys. That's Buck Farmer throwing there. Joel Kuno, Hunter Strickland, list goes on and on of guys with north of a 5 ERA, so I do think that it's going to be a rough state of affairs for the Reds. And Great American Ballpark has been playing very hitter-friendly. I did wind up saying my total at an 8.7 as a result. I'm going to be taking a look at the over E with the Marlins having a little bit of struggles out there with their offense. And with the Marlins, one lay up to a minus 122 on them. So, looking fish and looking over. 905-906 on the bang board. This is going to be the DK Nation pick as the Atlanta Braves hit the road to face off against the Philadelphia Phillies. Aaron Supernola is going to be going for the Phillies and Spencer Strider is on the bump for the Bravos. The Braves find themselves between minus 115 and minus 120 favorites between even money and plus 110 is your price on Philadelphia. 8 is your total. The under is anywhere between minus 110 and minus 115. The over is anywhere between minus 105 and minus 110. As I laid out with our good friend Josh, I did wind up making the Phillies more around a minus 112 to a minus 114 favorite, and that is going to be the DK Nation pick, getting the Phillies between even money and a plus price, because Aaron Nola, well, he has been super this season. He has just a 6-7 and seven record, but he deserves better. He's been able to give the team a little bit over 9.5 strikeouts per 9 innings. Now, for his career, he's actually got an ERA that's right around 0.75 points lower than on the road this year. He does have a 415 home ERA compared to a 230 ERA on the road, but 
to be able to do a nice job keeping the ball in the air, giving up a little bit less than a home run per nine innings. The accuracy has been incredible as well, right in the neighborhood about 1.2 to 1.3 walks per nine innings. And for Spencer Strider, that is an issue. He has been giving up right around 3.8 walks per nine innings. Now, the strikeout stuff of Spencer Strider is tremendous. He has got over 13 strikeouts per nine innings. On the road, opponents already got buck 25 off of him. I hate to say it, but I mean, there's going to be a regression here. There's no way that that is going to be sustainable. He does a great job of being able to get swings and misses, but also gets himself into a little bit of trouble because he does wind up having a little bit of a problem with the command. Now, the good news for Spencer Strider is that he's been doing a little bit of a better job recently in terms of the walks. He has given up two plus walks in each out of his previous three starts, but with that said, he has given up more than two walks just once as well over the course of his last eight starts. So you're able to take a look at that one of two different ways, but they also have a bullpen ERA that is sub 2-5 over the last 40 days. That's been the best mark in the National League, and with the Atlanta Braves, no doubt, this is a very fearsome lineup, as you've got Austin Riley, Dansby Swanson, Michael Harris, the second inning between about a 285 to 295. Riley, I ain't talking about a man possessed right now. 28 home runs this season, and entering into yesterday over the course of the last three days, hitting a 400 with 10 home runs and 99 at-bats. So, yeah, that's been very solid. You've got Matt Olson, who's been able to give the team six bombs over the last two-plus weeks as well. Marcel Zuna's been able to go deep 17 times. Ronald Acuna Jr., 360 on base. So, and you do have a tremendous lineup there. But for the Philadelphia Phillies, you do have Kyle Schwarber. And even though the batting average is a 203, 30 home runs thus far this season, have a lot of guys hitting sort of in that neighborhood of between a 240 and a 255. JT Ryumito, Yuan Margo, Nick Cassianos, Reese Hoskins. Cassianos really does need to pick it up, but I do think that he's going to be able to do so. Alec Bohm has been able to do a solid job of being able to move the line, get on base. We've even seen someone like Garrett Stubbs be able to step up for the team as well with Corey Knebel out there in the bullpen. Sir Anthony Dominguez, Brad Hand. These guys have been amazing with sub-2-5 ERAs out of all those guys. I do think that gives the Phillies a little bit of a leg up. And then for the Atlanta Braves, bullpen of theirs has been solid. A.J. Minter has been good all season long. Will Smith is a little bit up and down, but by and large, it's made a hold down the fourth for the team. Tyler Manzik is back after he was a little bit banged up. Now, Kenley Jansen, boy, he has been a run line blower for you all season long, but that said, I do think that Aaron Nola in what I think is going to be a very good pitcher's duel. It's going to be able to pull it out. Set the Phillies at a minus 114. So the DK Nation pick getting the Phillies between even money and a plus price and did wind up taking the total under as I set mine as a 7.8. 907-908 on the bang board. It is the Arizona Diamondbacks playing OC San Francisco Giants as Carlos Hododon is going to be going for the Giants and Tyler Gilbert on the bump for the Diamondbacks. They were thinking it was going to be Merrill Kelly and with Merrill Kelly on the bump, this was a line of right around minus 130 to a minus Minus 135 actually opened up at a minus 140 with a total of 8 with the Arizona Diamondbacks at a plus 120. I've got to think that we're probably going to see, I would say, probably about a 35-cent move or so on this game. And if that is the case, I'll still be on the Giants. I'm willing to lay up to a minus 182 with them. I'm willing to lay up to a minus 115 on the run line. I did wind up saying my total at an 8.2, which means an 8 or less. I'll be taking a look at the over 8.5 or higher. To the under with Carlos Rodon. He did wind up getting lit up a little bit in his last start against the Dodgers. But the five runs that he wound up surrendering, if you watch that game, there wound up being a can of corn fly ball that should have been caught that was not. Those are runs that wind up going against him, even though it was clearly a fielder's error, which that always is devastating. But other than that, Rodon, since the beginning of the month of June, you throw out that start. He's got a sub-2 ERA. He's been able to do a nice job getting north of 11 punch outs per nine innings thus far this season. I take a look at that start. No concerns with Carlos Rodon. That was not his fault. Meanwhile, you take a look at Tyler Gilbert, and you had that no-hitter last season. It was a little bit smoke and mirrors, in my opinion.
opinion, as he has been not doing the world's greatest job of being able to get strikeouts, right around 5.4 strikeouts per nine innings on his walks per nine rate. That overs in the neighborhood about 2.7, but the big thing with him is the deep ball. He is giving up over two home runs per nine innings. Now, I will say at home, he's got a buck 46 ERA compared to an eight ERA on the road. And in the cup of coffee that he wound up getting at the big league level last season, his home and road splits. He wound up having a differential of a nearly two points in terms of his ERA as well. And I just don't think that that's necessarily going to be too sustainable. Now, you do take a look at the San Francisco Giants lineup, and it's far from as fearsome as you'd like it to be. Darren Ruff has now been able to give the team 11 home runs. Wilmer Flores, Jack Peterson, they've got a combined 30. And for Peterson, Wilmer Flores, both of these guys, in right around at 245 to 250. But got a guy, a lot of guys that... They just leave something to be desired in terms of the bat. Brandon Belt, Darren Ruff, both hitting in that neighborhood of 225 to 235. Don Villar, Joey Bart, and really the entirety of the catcher spot. Hitting below the Minotos line of a 200 and for the Arizona Diamondbacks. They do rank in the bottom five of the big leagues in terms of batting average. You do have, though, Christian Walker. Though he's hitting just a 206, he's been able to slug out 22 home runs this season. Ketel Marte, Josh Ross, they're in between about a 270 to a 275. And then Alec Thomas has been able to come along for the ride. He, Jake McCarthy, in between about a 250 to a 260. And both of these bullpens have been rough. Both of these bullpens in the bottom half of the big leagues in terms of ERA. For the San Francisco Giants, they did wind up DFAing Jake McGee. That's actually in addition by subtraction, in my opinion, as you still have John Brebbia, Jarlin Garcia, Sammy Long, Camilio Duvall, who all have sub-3 ERAs when you wind up getting into Tyler Rogers. It's been a case in which he's overall for the year got north of a 4 ERA, but over the last 40 days, that is a sub-3. And then for the Arizona Diamondbacks, Kyle Nelson has been able to do a solid job with a sub-2 ERA. Joe Manette Tipley has come out there. He's been able to do a nice job with a sub-3 ERA as well, but Sean Poppin has been a little bit banged up. Mark Melanson, Noe Ramirez have 5 ERAs as well, so... I do think that Carlos Rodon should be a relatively sizable favorite, willing to lay up to a minus 115 on the Giants' run line. Eight or less looking at the over in this spot. In after to the under. 909-910 on the bank board. The Washington Nationals are on the road facing off against the LA Dodgers as Mitch White is going to be going for the Dodgers and Yosai Gray is going to be on the bump for Washington. Washington is a big underdog of any team plus 195 and plus 210. Meanwhile, between minus 220 and minus 240, your price on the Dodgers. 8.5 to 9 is your total on the 9. Under is minus 115. The over is minus 105. And on the 8 half over is minus 125 and the under is plus 105 and I mentioned this with Josh a little bit earlier the fact that I am really pricing the Dodgers run line a little bit more than their money line because for the Dodgers going into Monday all but seven of their wins this season out of 64 wins so big sample size have been by multiple runs so either they lose outright or they win by multiple runs which is why I did wind up placing the Dodgers minus 224 on my money line but minus 127 on the run line and right now I'm seeing the Dodgers between a minus 115 to a minus 120 on the run line and that's where I am looking personally I'm going to lay up to a minus 125 set it out of minus 127 and with Mitch White certainly not a guy that has went out there and has been just a total blazer but he's been a competent pitcher here for the LA Dodgers he's got a 378 ERA he's given up a about 1.1 home runs per nine innings his walks per nine rate that hovers in the neighborhood about a 3.6 ish which that needs to be worked on a little bit but it's been better at home 288 home ERA compared to a 468 ERA on the road with right in the neighborhood about seven and a half eight strikeouts per nine innings meanwhile for Josiah Gray he's been able to do a good job of being able to get those swings and misses 10.4 strikeouts per nine innings his big bugaboo is two home runs surrender per nine innings along with nearly 3.8 walks per nine innings and I don't know and I don't know why but for Josiah Gray 
670 home ERA compared to a 214 ERA on the road. He is 5-0 on the road at his eight starts, 2-6 in his nine starts, at home with seven bombs allowed in 46 and a third innings on the road. Not great, but you know what? Passable. At home, 14 bombs surrendered in 45 and two-thirds innings, and his walks wind up going up by over 50% as well. Now, for the LA Dodgers, you have got a lineup that is just very, very fierce at this point. Mookie Betts, 22 home runs entering into the game on Monday, hitting at 270, and Will Smith, Freddie Freeman, Trey Turner, all these guys between 14 and 15 home runs. Freeman sitting at 325, Turner just above 8300, and Will Smith, 265 batting average, but on base percentage right around 400 over the last three or so weeks. Max Muncie, Cody Bellinger, these two guys really do need to pick it up by Kevin Lux. So maybe we'll get on base for him. For the Washington Nationals, it's a top 10 team in terms of overall batting average. We got Nelson Cruz, Kibeta Weiss, Juan Soto, Cesar Hernandez, all these guys in between about a 235 to a 245 and for Soto. North of a 400 on base over the last three weeks, showing that he wants to be traded. He's got 20 home runs, but only other guy with really north of eight home runs on the team, that would be Josh Bell, who's been able to hit a 305 for this team, but you just need a little bit more out of them and for the Washington Nationals. This bullpen is just a flaming mess at this point. It's been really sad to take a look at Victor Arano, Steve Ciszek, both have north of a four ERA. Kyle Finnegan's right around a 375. Andres Machado's not gotten the job done. Tanner Rainey has been up and down. And then for the LA Dodgers, Evan Phillips, Yancey Almonte, they've got sub two ERAs. Craig Kimbrell has really left a lot to be desired himself thus far this season. And Bruce Arter Gradrell's been dealing with a little bit of an injury, but Alex Vasilla has been able to give some relatively solid innings for the team. David Price starting to become a little bit more trustworthy out there in the bullpen as well. So I did wind up making the Dodgers minus 224 on the money line, but want to lay up to a minus 125 on the run line. And I am taking a look at their run line. Semi total at an 8.7. I would personally rather have a 9 over rather than an 8.5 over. Right now in Vegas, I'm only seeing 8.5 overs, but once again, seeing that to minus 125 juice, I'm probably going to hold up, try to be able to get a 9 under personally to go along with a Dodgers run line. 9-11, 9-12 on the betting board. It is the Tampa Bay Race and the red face off against the Baltimore Orioles. Spencer Watkins goes for the Royals and Shane McLennan is on the bump for the Tampa Bay Rays as the Rays are finding themselves anywhere between minus 180 and minus 185. Meanwhile, between plus 170 and plus 180. Your price on Baltimore 8 is your total. Under is minus 115. The over is minus 105. And with McLennan, made a minus 195 on the money line. Now, you take a look at the run line. I was willing to lay up to a minus 115 on him. I'm seeing a mixture of between minus 115 and minus 120. The Orioles have been the best run line team in all baseball this season, but getting the minus 115 on the run line with the Rays, I'm going to be willing to lock and load on that and wind up taking that because Shane McClanahan has been absolutely incredible. Now, I recognize the fact that he didn't necessarily look like himself during the All-Star game, but well, when you're facing the 1-3-3 three, three hitters in the All-Star game, that is not necessarily the easiest feat to be able to get a 1-2-3 ending off of and for Shane McClanahan. The strikeout numbers are just absolutely ridiculous. He is getting over 11 strikeouts per nine innings, allowing just one home run per nine innings. And the guy has been a gamer on the road as well. How about a buck 45 ERA away from home compared to an ERA at a buck 85 at home? Both of these are very solid, but I mean, this guy has been tremendous on the road with opponents saying just a buck 50 off of him on the road, 176 overall for the season. And then for Spencer Watkins, after he had just a terrible year last year with north of an ADRA, he has really shaped himself into a solid pitcher. 393 ERA. He has given up one run in each out of his last four starts, going five plus innings in every one of them. He has really been able to find himself after he wound up having to start a little bit earlier this season against the Tampa Bay Rays, which he gave up three runs and did not wind up getting a single out. So, I mean, he certainly has taken big strides 
from that. He does have a little bit of a worse ERA at home rather than on the road. 430 home ERA and a 364 ERA on the road. And I do think that there's going to be a little bit of regression with him. Last year, he was giving up well north of two home runs per nine innings this year. It's been sub one. I think that it's somewhere in the middle between his progression from last year to this year. I think that he's not as bad as he was last season, but I don't think he's going to be able to continue this string of giving up one run for too much longer, but for the Tampa Bay Rays, this is a lineup that's a little bit depleted right now. Josh Lowe, Taylor Walls, Luke Rayleigh, Brett Phillips, all got starts on Monday. They are all hitting at 200 or lower now. you got Brandon Lau and Randy Odozarena. Both of these guys are in the neighborhood about a 250 to a 260 and for Lau, he was very bad at the beginning of the season. Ever since he has come off the injured list, he has looked absolutely amazing for the team, so that is very good for the team. Yandy Diaz, D-Man Choi, both of these guys north of a 370 on base, and then for Baltimore, not a ton of power, but you do have Ryan Mountcastle and Anthony Santander. Both of these guys, they combine 30 home runs this season with Mountcastle, Cedric Mullins, Austin the Sayers kid, Roman Urias. All these guys in between about a 260 to a 270. You've got Santander with more around a 330 on base now. Got a couple slugs in this lineup as well. Rudan Odor, Jonathan Arus, along with Ore Mateo. These guys are hanging below a 220, but with Mateo, 20 plus stolen bases. And what has really been good for the Orioles is the bullpen. Going into what we wound up seeing on Monday, number four in the big leagues in terms of bullpen ERA. And just got a wide variety of guys giving you a sub-275 ERA. Dylan Tate, Keegan Aiken, CNL Perez, Ore Lopez, Felix Batista, Joey Kreeble, all in that fold. And for the Tampa Bay Rays, they do a good job of mixing and matching with their bullpen as well. Jason Adam, a sub-2 ERA. Colin Pooch, Brooks Raley, sub-3 ERAs. Matt Weisler has been able to give you some solid innings as well. So I do think that this is going to be a very solid pitcher's duel in this one. I do think that Spencer Watkins doing for a little bit of regression, but the 8 total just seems too high here. I think that the Rays should be able to win this game. And can I see the Rays being able to win this game by multiple runs? Yes, because three runs might be enough for the Rays to be able to win this game by multiple runs, but certainly in on the under in this spot. And with the Rays at a minus 115 or less, willing to take them on the run line. 9-13, 9-14 on the bang board. The Cleveland Guardians on the road facing up against the Boston Red Sox. Josh Winkowski is going to be going for the Red Sox. To be determined is on the bump for the Cleveland Guardians. This is a game that's off the board. Right now, Fangraphs is projecting Kirk McCarty, and if you wind up getting our good friend Kirk, I am going to be setting the Guardians at a plus 162 in terms of how big of an underdog they are. That's just not great. Pretty much literally like a fan out of the sands would probably get a little bit of a better projection than Mr. McCarty because I am not in on this guy at all. So, yeah, that's pretty much the worst of the worst that you could get with the Cleveland Guardians. If it turns out to be like a pure bullpen game where guys like Eli Morgan, Sam Antiges, and company wind up throwing, I'd probably make this closer to like a minus 140. Like, that's how bad I think Kirk McCarty is. You just can't wind up trusting in that guy. Meanwhile, Josh Winkowski, he's been halfway decent for the Boston Red Sox. 430 ADRA overall. Hasn't been great. Hasn't been terrible. His start against the New York Yankees was certainly not terrific, giving up six runs in that one. Three runs of fear in pretty much all of his other starts except for his first one against the Baltimore Orioles. So ever since that first start, he's been able to shake out the Cobwebs. Since then, he's got right around a four-ish ERA. He does have a 549 ERA at home, but once again, that New York Yankees start did wind up coming at home against teams not named the Yankees. He's been able to do a relatively solid job, and it's someone that does a solid job of just being able to give you good innings. Gives up three walks per nine innings, right around one home run per nine. I think that he's got a future in this league, and for Boston, they are put a little bit behind the eight ball with 
All the injuries that they do have in the lineup is J.D. Martinez, along with Rafael Levers, are dealing with an injury. Now, you got Rob Revsteiner and Xander Bogarts both hitting above a 310 for this bunch. Alex Verdugo has been able to come along for the ride. Sitting right around 265, Christian Vasquez has been able to hit about a 275. But with Trevor Story out the fold, this is a Red Sox lineup that they just don't have a lot of power in general. As you don't have anyone in the fold that really has north of eight home runs thus far this season. The Red Sox bullpen certainly has been ailing a little bit as well. Austin Davis has seen his ERA wind up going up to north of a four along with that of Jake Diekman. So that's an issue. Caleb Ward is someone that you don't want to trust in, in the bullpen. But John Schreiber, Garrett Woodlock, at Akasa Satomoda, these guys are relatively solid. And for the Cleveland Guardians, you do have a good bullpen of this team as well, which is why if you do wind up getting a bullpen game instead of Mr. Gert McCarty, I actually feel a little bit better about them. James Karinczyk is now back off the injured list. He's starting to find himself. Emmanuel Classe has been a lights-out closer. Eli Morgan, same entages. Both of these guys are failures as starters, but both guys have been able to lend some relatively solid innings out of the bullpen. And speaking of teams that don't have a lot of power, that would be the Cleveland Guardians. So you do have Jose Ramirez, who has been incredible for this team. 19 bombs, 78 RBI entering into Monday. But the reason why he's been able to drive in so many runs is that guys are getting on base for the team as Nolan Jones, Amid Rosario, Stephen Kwan, Ramirez, who I mentioned earlier, Oscar Gonzalez, Andres Menes. All hitting at least a 285 for the team. Josh Naylor, he's hitting a 282. He's got 13 home runs, and his home runs per at bat basis is right around 18. So he's been able to do a good job as well. Once again, with the Guardians, if they wind up throwing out there a bullpen game, right around a minus 140 on the Red Sox. Kirk McCarty, it goes up to North of a plus 160. And with McCarty versus Winkowski, 10 or less, I'd be looking at over 10.5 prior to the under. If you wind up seeing a bullpen game, it would be more like 9.5 or less to the over. So that's where we're looking on that one. 9.15, 9.16 on the betting board. The Kansas City Royals are going to be playing us to the LA Angels as you got Jose Suarez, who's going to be on the bump for the Angels, and Anel Zerpa is going to be on the bump for the Royals. Currently, we've got no numbers up on this game, but I did wind up making Mr. Suarez a minus 117 favorite, and 9.5 is the total I wind up setting, a 9.5 or less. Looking over a 10 or higher, I'm going to be taking a look at the under end. When it comes to Mr. Zerpa, the reason why we remember him is that he wound up being the starter in that game in which the Blue Jays were like a $4 favorite against the Royals, and he went out there and he pitched five strong innings, looked very solid, and Zerpa is one of the better prospects for this Kansas City Royals team. Now, with Mr. Zerpa, he has seen a couple long relief appearances, and he's seen a starter two, seven innings, two walks surrendered, only two strikeouts. Even at the minor league level, this was not some sort of a strikeout artist or something like that, but I think that this is someone that is going to be able to be built around for the Kansas City Royals. On the flip side for Jose Suarez, I think that we've sort of seen what we need to see out of him. He's actually been solid out of the bullpen with right around a 375 ERA career as a starter, right in the pocket of about a 6 ERA for his career, right around 3.5 walks per 9 innings as well. That is a little bit of a bugaboo for his. Meanwhile, with Zerpa, he's been giving up right around 3 walks per 9 innings. You take a look at what he wanted doing at the AA and the AAA level of the season for Zerpa. 4.43 ERA. He is someone that has been able to get right around 9.5 strikeouts per 9 innings. A little bit more of a pitch-to-contact guy. Meanwhile, with Mr. Suarez, he's been a little bit more of a strikeout artist thus far this season as he's been able to get 9 strikeouts per 9 innings, but 4.5 walks per 9 innings and giving up 1.8 home runs per 9. That's not necessarily too terrific either. Both of these bullpens, not terrific as you've got Aaron Loop, Rossi Iglesias, Ryan Tapera, all giving you north of a 3.75 ERA for this Angels team for the Kansas City Royals. They are dead last in terms of bullpen ERA in the American League. Josh Shaman has not been himself since he wound up getting injured. You've had some relatively solid innings out of Scott Barlow, but 
Amir Garrett, north of a 6 ERA, has been terrible. Now, Taylor Clark has been able to shape up a little bit over the last 40 days. He's been able to give this team a sub-3 ERA, so that's a little bit of a good sign. But with the Kansas City Royals as well, you don't have a lot of offense with this team as well as Bobby Witt Jr. has really been the main guy to be able to go deep for this team. He wound up missing yesterday. He's been a little bit banged up. Now, they do have Andrew Benatendi back in the fold. He's hitting right around a 320 and Got a couple guys that will be able to get on base for you. Hunter Dozier throwing there. Nicky Lopez in between about a 252-265. They've called up their young guy in Nick Prado. He's looked a little bit promising in his first few starts, but got a lot of non-power bats in terms of this lineup. And then for the LA Angels, you've got Taylor Ward, who's been able to 290 overall this season. But since coming off the injury list, hitting set sub 230. You've got Jared Walsh who's been with about a 242 for this bunch 13 home runs but he's seen massive regression from the beginning of the season. Luis Renifo's hitting at 265 which is nice and Joy Otani 255 average 20 bombs for him but it's been a tough LA Angels lineup as well so you got two very young pitchers you've got two terrible bullpens I wind up saying my total at a 9.7 as a result 9.5 or less looking over 10 or higher to the under and with the Angels I gave them the advantage of a minus 117 because I think that they've got just a better lineup in general and I actually sadly trust in their bullpen just a tad bit more as well. 917, 918 on the bang board. Another game that's off the board is the Houston Astros hit the road to face off against the Oakland A's as one of Frankie Montas goes for the A's. Luis Garcia is on the bump for the Astros. I did wind up saying the Astros on my line. A minus 157 on the money line though. I need at least a plus 120 to take a shot on them on the run line because I set my total at a 6.4. 6 or less I'm looking at and over. 6.5 or higher I'm going to be taking a look at the under. This is one of the lowest totals I have set all season long. It is a night game out there in Oakland which means that the marine layer it is going to be out. Frankie Montas has not been able to win a lot of games this year. He's 3-9 with a 3-16 ERA. He's given up one home run per nine innings. He's given up 2.2 walks per nine. This man deserves so much better. In quality starts this year, the Oakland A's are 3-8 and eight in them. And a quality start is where he goes six plus innings, giving up three runs or fewer. He's got a 2.57 ERA at home, and the team is 1-6 in those starts. I mean, gosh. Or I should say his record is 1-6 in those 12 starts at home. But, man, I mean, the point is, Frankie Montas has been doing an incredible job, and he's gotten... No help around him. Meanwhile, for Luis Garcia, he's actually been very good on the road this season. Last year, he had an ERA that was right around 1.6 points higher on the road rather than home. You take a look at this year, and it's been the complete and utter reversal. He's got an ERA of a 489 at home and a 225 ERA on the road, giving up 11 home runs and 49 and two-thirds innings at home, five bombs and 44 innings on the road with opponents saying a buck 93 off of him. One, he is on the road. He's given up right around 2.6 walks per nine innings. The home run and half per nine has been a little bit costly, but he is also backed up by the best bullpen in the big leagues in terms of ERA. Ryan Stanek has a 0.55 ERA. I mean, it's incredible what he's doing. we got Rafael Montero, Seth Martinez. They both have boasted up sub-2 ERAs. Brian Abreu has been able to give you a sub-3 ERA. Ryan Presley as well. These guys have been terrific. And then for the Oakland A's, you do have Domingo Acevedo, Zach Jackson, A.J. Puck, along with Sam Ball, will have been able to provide a sub-3 ERA. Cannot tell you those guys, and it's not so great, but with Frankie Montas, he should be able to lend you to the more trustworthy guys. But for the Oakland A's, take a look at their starting lineup from Monday, and 
They did not have a single guy in the lineup hitting above a 246. They wound up having nobody with more than 11 home runs. You do have Sean Murphy, Ramon Laureano, and Seth Brown being between 10 and 12 home runs, but I mean, it's really a sad lineup. Tony Kemp, Stephen Piscotti, Sky Bolt, Nick Allen, able to go down the list of guys hitting a 210 or lower. Elvis Andrews has been hitting about a 230. It's been really bad. And for the Astros, you do have much more firepower in this lineup. Jordan Alvarez hitting above a 328 bombs. Jose Altuve along with Kyle Tucker, a combined 36 home runs with Altuve hitting right around a 280. You do need a little bit more from the bottom of the fold. Yuli Gurriel, Alamendi Ziaz, in between about a 235 to a 240, but both of these guys have been shaking up recently. Alamendi Ziaz, hitting right around a 285 over the last 30 days. Yuli Gurriel, still been a rough season for him, but he's hitting a 295 over the last month as well. Do you need to get something out of the catcher spot for the Houston Astros? That's been a little bit rough, but certainly think that this is going to be a pitcher's rule. Seth Garcia has a minus 157 on the money line. Really don't want the run line unless I'm getting a juicy price because I think that this is going to be a low-scoring game. Six or less looking over, six half prior to the under. 919-920 on the betting board. The Seattle Mariners are going to be playing off to the Walker, Texas Rangers. Dane Dunning is going to look to get her Dunning for Texas, and George Kirby is on the bump for the Mariners. The Mariners are finding themselves favorites of anywhere between minus one. 49 and minus 155. Meanwhile, and between plus 130 and plus 140, your price on Texas. It is the total. The over is between minus 115 and minus 120. The under is any between even a minus 105. I wound up setting the Mariners minus 148 on the money line. You take a look at the run line that you're getting in. It's anywhere between a plus 135 to a plus 140. I'm going to see if we can wind up getting a few cents better on this one because the Mariners opened up at a minus 165, and that was very much a non-take for me. A 148 or less, I'm going to be willing to lay it on the Mariners on the money line. And hey, as I'm doing this, I'm seeing a book drop this to minus 145. So we're going to be looking at the Mariners on the money line. Going to be probably shopping around to try to get the best number here. But willing to lay up to a minus 148 with them. George Kirby has been very solid as a rookie. Big thing with him is that he has given up right around 1.2 bucks per nine innings. Pinpoint accuracy. He has been giving up the deep ball. He's been giving up right around 1.8 to 1.9 home runs per nine innings. But really, other than a just ugly start they wound up having against the Baltimore Orioles, he's been relatively solid over the last two or so months, giving up three earned runs or fewer in just one out of his last eight starts. So he's been able to come in, hold down the fort for the team, and then do take a look at Dane Dunning, and he just has not been himself on the road. At home, Dane Dunning looks very good with a 342 ERA, giving up six home runs of 50 innings, five bombs giving up in 45 and two-thirds innings on the road. That's not the issue. The issue is a 552 ERA, and last season with Texas, he had a home and road split of north of two in terms of his ERA between the home and the road as well. So big issues for Dane Dunning when he winds up leaving Texas and for the Rangers, you do have yourself a relatively solid lineup as Corey Seager. 23 home runs for this bunch, and you got a lot of guys in between. We're going to call it a 240 to a 250. Charlie Carverson is a little bit above this. Corey Seager, Marcus Simeon, Adelise Garcia, they're all in this fold along Cole Calhoun. And then for Garcia, he's went deep 17 times. And then Jonah Heim, Nate Lowe, Calhoun, I mentioned earlier, Marcus Simeon, all between 11 and 13 home runs this far this season. And Laoti Tavares has been hitting a 340 as well for the Seattle Mariners. 
What's better than this team is Uli Rodriguez being out of the fold. He has been missing really ever since the All-Star break. 16 home runs hitting at 275. That is a big blow for the team. But you do have Ty France and Cal Raleigh. A combined 25 home runs between these two guys. Now, you need Raleigh to pick it up with the batting average. Is he? Carlos Santana throwing their Abraham Toro, Dylan Moore. They're only hitting a 220 or lower. But for France, he's hitting above a 300. And Eugenio Suarez, 330 on base, 16 home runs. J.P. Crawford is hitting a 265. That's been solid. But what has really been doing the job for the Seattle Mariners? The bullpen. They've got a bullpen ERA over the last 40 days, a full point lower than any other team in the big leagues in this time span. It's hovering right around a buck 65. These guys like Diego Castillo, Andres Munoz, who started out the year with north of a five ERA for two months of the season, they have found the light. They're doing a very solid job. Paul Sewell, the sub three ERA, been able to get good innings out of someone like a Penn Murphy. Meanwhile, for the Texas Rangers, after they started out the year with a relatively solid bullpen since the injury to Joe Barlow, it has been an issue for them as you've right now got Brock Burke who's posting up a sub two ERA, but Garrett Richards, Dennis Santana, their ERAs have went north of a 3-5. They've seen some big-time regression. It's been a little bit up and down with regards to someone like a Jose Leclerc, who is back in there after he wanted missing quite a bit of time due to injury as well. So, one lay up to a minus 148 here with the Seattle Mariners. And, like I said, I would need at least a plus 145 to take a shot on the Mariners' run line. I did wind up saying the total at some point eight. Seattle, during the nighttime, it does wind up playing quite a bit more pitcher-friendly. So, looking at the under, and I'm going to be taking a look at the Seattle Mariners up to a minus 148. 921-922 on the betting board. It is the Toronto Blue Jays playing us to the St. Louis Cardinals. Andre Palanti is going to be going for the cards, and Jose Barrios is going to be on the bump for Toronto. Toronto is between minus $2 and minus 208. Meanwhile, with the Cardinals, you're going to get them between plus 170 and plus 185. 8.5 to 9 is your total on the 9. Under is minus 120. The over is even on the 8.5. The over is minus 120, and the under is even. And for the Blue Jays, talked about this with our good buddy Josh. Set them minus 218 on the money line. And seeing the run line between even money and plus 105 is really what I'm looking at. I'm going to lay up to a minus 115 with the Blue Jays' run line now. Jose Barrios has not necessarily been too trustworthy this season, but with Jose Barrios, the big thing with him, he does such a better job when he's at home rather than on the road. 333 home here, a 5-0 record in his nine starts, giving up seven home runs and 51 and a third innings. 13 bombs and 50 and a third innings on the road with an ERA. That is a 7-15. So, a very stark difference for Barrios. We wound up seeing that while he was with the Minnesota Twins as well. And for Andre Pallanti, he should not have a 334 ERA right now. I am sorry. This guy has been one of the luckiest sons of Cardinals out there. We wound up making it a little bit more tame to not swear on this podcast, but he's giving up less than a home run per nine innings. His walks per nine rate is right around 3.5, despite the fact that he's a pitch-to-contact guy. His strikeouts per nine rate hovers in the neighborhood of 5.8 to a 5.9, and despite all this, he's got a 3.34 ERA. I have no idea how he's able to do it. He tries to induce ground balls and certainly has been able to do a solid job of it, but this is not sustainable at all, with opponents saying a 279 off of him. Nonetheless, as well, he's got a 370 road ERA, giving up three home runs in 24 and a third innings. I think they might be in for a very rude awakening. This is a Toronto Blue Jays lineup that is currently firing all cylinders. You've got Vlad Guerrero Jr. who's been able to give you 20 home runs and hasn't even necessarily been great post-All-Star break. He's been able to about a 280 for this team. Got a lot of guys getting on base. Alejandro Kirk, Lourdes Gurriel, both hitting above a 310 for this bunch. Ramiel Tapia. 
All of a sudden, he's been able to get out now. A little bit of favorable fielding in that series against the Boston Red Sox, but hitting a 400 over the last three days. So that's been very nice for the team to ask Hernandez. He has been able to pick it up ever since. He wanted to be on with a little bit of an early season injury. George Springer has been able to about a 250, 17 home runs for him. And then you take a look at the flip side for the St. Louis Cardinals saying Paul Goldschmidt and Nolan Arenado, they are off the books. That is an issue as Arenado hitting right around a 300. He's been able to supply 18 home runs. Paul Goldschmidt hitting a 335 with 24 home runs. He's out, which means that Juan Yepes is the only other player for the St. Louis Cardinals with more than nine home runs this season. He's been hitting right around 250. And you have guys who are able to get on base for this team. Brendan Donovan hitting right around at 280. Dylan Carlson. The currently injured Harrison Bader, Yepes, who I mentioned earlier, along with Tommy Edmond, they're in between a 254 to a 260, but you don't necessarily have a lot of pop with these guys. Other than Donovan, you really don't have a lot of guys. They're able to draw a lot of walks as well. You got guys like Austin Kisner, Lars Nutbar, Armando Sosa, hitting below a 210 for the team. Now, with the bullpen of the St. Louis Cardinals, they've got a little bit of a leg up, has been able to get some very good innings out of Genesis Cabrera. He's been posting up a sub-3 ERA. He's able to give you multiple innings. Zach Thompson has been solid. Junior Fernandez, buck 26 ERA. Ryan Helsley, he's got a sub-1 ERA, but the Blue Jays all of a sudden have been able to find a little bit of a bullpen of their own as Yemi Garcia, Adam Simber, David Phelps, Tim Meza, all these guys have been relatively solid for the scene, posting up ERAs that are of a 302 or lower. Been able to get a couple of innings as well out of some of these other guys as well. Like a Jordan Romano has been a solid closer for the CBC. Able to get some strikeouts. So I do think that the Blue Jays should be a sizable favorite. I'm going to be taking a look at them on the run line. Real question becomes the total because I just don't know what you could expect out of the Cardinals lineup. I wound up saying this at an 8.4. At an 8, I'd be in on the over. I'm seeing between 8.5 and, and 9, I'm going to be one that I've under to go along with that. Blue Jays run line 9.23, 9.24 on the bang board. Then the Air Mets are going to be playing us to the Yankees. Jordan Montgomery is going to be going in game one of the Subway Series and Taiwan Walker on the bump for the Mets. A relative pick game with the Mets find themselves anywhere between minus 105 and minus 115. With the Yankees, it's anywhere between minus 102 and minus 105. 8-8.5 is your total. On the 8, over and under, anywhere between minus 105 and minus 115. The straight 8.5 is at DraftKings, under is minus 120, and the over is even and. With the Yankees, I set them at a minus 132. I feel like people are starting to sour on the Yankees due to what we wound up seeing the last few days and getting swept by the Astros. No shame at all, in my opinion, getting swept by the Houston Astros. That is a very, very good team that, rightfully so, should have some World Series aspirations. And for Jordan Montgomery, he has been tremendous on the road this season. He's got a 324 ERA overall, and regardless of where he's been, he has not been giving up a lot of walks, giving up right around 1.7 walks per nine innings, but 315 road ERA, 333 ERA at home. Home runs per nine rate, relatively the same home to road as well. Not a strikeout artist, but is still able to give you right around eight strikeouts per nine innings. And then for Taiwan Walker, he's been living off a very soft contact. He's given up right around 7.1 strikeouts per nine innings. His walks per nine rate, 2.4, but four home runs in 91 and two-thirds innings in terms of batting average on balls in play. He's been one of the luckier pitchers out there in the big leagues. And, I mean, what he's been able to do recently has been nothing short of tremendous. He has given up three runs or fewer in all but one out of his last 13 starts. And that one outlier, he wound up giving up four runs against the San Diego Padres. And for a time walker, he's been at his best at home. Buck 50 home ERA, 323 road ERA. He can't wind up 
not having as few of strikeouts as he does, though, and have a buck 90 opponent's batting average, Joe. I am sorry he is going to see a little bit of regression. I do recognize that City Field is a little bit more of a pitcher-friendly ballpark, but this just doesn't seem to add up, and the team to be able to lay it to him, that would be the New York Yankees. says, got a guy by the name of Aaron Judge who's been able to give you 37 home runs this season, hitting right around a 295. John Carlos and Anthony Rizzo, these two guys have a combined 46 home runs between the two of them. Matt Carpenter is averaging a home run every about seven or so at bats. He's hitting above a threader. DJ turned it up. LeMayu's been able to about a 285 for this bunch. Isaiah Canerfalefa, Glaber Torres, Jose Trevino, hitting between a 264 to a 274 as well. And then you do take a look at this Yankees bullpen. That is a little bit of an issue, but Clark Schmidt is someone I like out of the bullpen. He wound up coming in for a three-inning save a couple of days ago. Lucas Lutke, he's got an ERA that is sub-three ever since the beginning of really the month of June. Play Holmes has posted up as sub-1 ERA. Albert Abreu has been solved for the team. And for the New York Mets, Jolie Rodriguez has been an issue for this bunch. You do have Edwin Diaz doing a solid job. And Colin Holderman has been able to give this team some good innings as well. Juan Lopez could be used as a little bit of a long guy. And David Peterson, great name, and has been moved to the bullpen. I don't know if he's going to be able to acclimate to his role necessarily so great. And for Drew Smith, he has seen a little bit of regression as well. For Mr. Smith, he has overall for the year right around a 3-5 ERA. But last 30 days... 868 ERA has become less than trustworthy, so I did wind up saying the Yankees minus 132 in this spot. I'm willing to take the Yankees on the money line. I think that they bounce back in this series. Did wind up saying my total at an 8.2 with the 8 looking over, and I'm going to be taking a look at the Yankees. 925-926 on the bang board. Eastline Diego Potter. He's hit the road face off against the Detroit Tigers. Garrett Hill is going to be going for the Tigers. Mike Levenger is on the bump for the Padres. Currently, we've got no numbers up on this game. It was not announced until the evening as the Tigers starter, but I've got a handicap for this game as I set Slam Diego as a minus 153 favorite and a 7.5 or less. I will be taking a look at the over in this spot and an 8 or higher. I will be taking a look at the under. The Tigers were able to erupt for quite a few runs yesterday. Many of them were off of errors though and with the San Diego Padres, they wind up falling victim once again to the curse of Sunday Night Baseball. After a team winds up playing on Sunday Night Baseball the subsequent Monday, they just wind up getting destroyed. And, I mean, even the poopy Detroit Tigers were able to keep that one going. So, oh boy, that is something to take a look at moving forward. But with the San Diego Padres, you do have Manny Machado, who's been terrific for this team. Hitting a 300 overall for the season with 15 home runs. But here in the month of July... Hitting right around the Mendoza line of 200. Guys need to pick him up. You do have Oreo Faro, Eric Cosmer, Long No Mazzara. Hitting between about a 275 to 290. Drixon Profar, Jake Cronenworth, Awesome Kim. Hitting in that pocket about a 240. But really other than Luke Voigt, nobody other than Machado has been able to give this team more than 10 home runs. And then for the Detroit Tigers, it's just a rough lineup all the way around as... Javi Baez, Cody Clement, along with Akil Badu, the now sent to AAA, Spencer Torkelson, Jameer Candelario, Jonathan Scope, Tucker Barnhart. All these guys are hitting a 219 or lower. You still don't have a guy that's been able to give the team a double-digit amount of homers. Riley Green has been okay since getting called up to the big leagues. You've got Miguel Cabrera hitting a 280, but has been rough for the team. For the Detroit Tigers, really the forte of this bunch has been the bullpen. They rank in the top five in terms of bullpen. ERA, Michael Fulmer, Alex Lang, they've been able to post up sub-3-3 ERAs. Willie Peralta, former starter, he has been dealing with a little bit of an injury, but Gregory Soto has been lights out as a closer, so gotta like what these guys have been able to do. And for the San Diego Padres, the bullpen has been a little bit up and down. Certainly would have liked to get a little bit more length out of Sean Manea, but that said, you do have Taylor Rogers. He's been able to give the team north of 20 saves. and has done it with about a 4 ERA, but he's been able to close out some games. 
Meanwhile, you've got Nabel Crisman who's able to give you multiple innings. He's got a sub-3 ERA. Robert Suarez has been able to do a relatively solid job for the team as well. Nick Martinez is now being used out of the bullpen. He's got a sub-4 ERA. And then when it comes to Mike Clevenger, he's been solid for this Padres team. He certainly doesn't look like the same sunshine that we wound up seeing with the Cleveland then-Indians, now Guardians. But that said, giving up right around 1.2 home runs per 9 innings, 3 walks per 9, a little bit over 9 punch outs per 9 innings as well. But has really been able to shape up and has been able to do a solid job on the road. 346 ERA on the road, giving up just two home runs in 26 innings. And for Garrett Hill, he's seen a little bit of a cup of coffee here at the big league level. This is going to be start number four for him. He has given up a combined nine runs in 10 innings in his last two starts. He's given up three home runs in his 16 innings. With Garrett Hill, relatively good at the minor league level. He was able to get some nice swings and misses, so I do think that he is going to be able to latch on at the big league level, if not this year, in future years, as I do think that he winds up having a little bit of upside if you do take a look at what he wound up doing at the AAA level a little bit earlier this season. Posted up a 3.23 ERA, and in that time span, 12.5 strikeouts per nine innings. Had an issue with the walks, with 3.2 walks per nine innings, but relatively solid stuff. But that said, with the Tigers, I just don't know if they're going to be able to provide much support for him. So, 7.5 or less, going to be taking a look at it over 8 or higher to the under, and set the Padres minus 153 in this spot as well. 9.27, 9.28 on the bang board, the Milwaukee Brewers. Are going to be playing us the Minnesota Twins as Dylan Don't Call Him Al Bundy is going to be going for the Twins. To be determined is going to be on the bump for the Brewers, but as long as he doesn't go in long relief on Monday, it looks like Ethan Small is going to be getting the start for the Milwaukee Brewers. So this is a game that's off the board, but I've got my handicap as I did wind up saying the Minnesota Twins as minus 117 favorites and maybe a total of an 8.9, which means an 8.5 or less I'll be taking a look at an over. A 9 or higher would be taking a look at an under if you're taking a look at Mr. Small. He has been able to do a relatively solid job at AAA Nashville this season. The big thing with him, walks, because he gets 10 strikeouts per 9 innings, does a good job of being able to induce soft contact, but... I mean, the guy has went 15 starts this year, and the reason why he's registering fewer than five innings per start is because he's averaging five walks per nine innings. Not necessarily too terrific, and you're even able to go back to his first start of the season. He went just two and two-thirds innings because he knocked himself out with four walks. Ethan Small has really good stuff. He's doing a nice job of being able to figure out how to induce soft contact. The walks are an issue, and that is why I've got the Brewers as an underdog. Now, Dylan, don't call him out. Bundy has really struggled on the road, as it feels like it's been a match made in heaven for him pitching out there at Coors Field, because this guy has been able to do a solid job of being able to keep the ball in the yard at Coors Field overall for the season, giving up right around 1.2 home runs per nine innings, but 261 home ERA, 602 ERA on the road with one of his 11 home runs. Eight of them winding up coming on the road. Overall opponents, I get 209 off of them in Minnesota on the road. That goes to a 303. So that's been a little bit of an issue for them. But I mean, with the Milwaukee Brewers, case in which the team just doesn't have a lot of guys to be able to put back to ball as taking a look at their starters from Monday, he didn't have a single guy other than Mark Brasso who's seen about 100 at-bats this season, hitting above a 260 for the team. Now, got a lot of guys hitting in that neighborhood, I would say, a 240 to a 255. Jace Peterson has been a little bit banged up. Colt Wong and Renfro, Andrew McCutcheon, you're able to throw in there Christian Yelich as well, but still, you could use a little bit more. You do have William Adamas, Rowdy Tellez, who have both been able to give you 17-plus home runs. Hunter Renfro, he's been able to do a good job with 16 home runs, and with him being bagged up, his home runs on a prep-at basis is more around about 14 to 15, so that's been relatively solid. And for the Milwaukee Brewers, 
You've seen Josh Hader really regrets for the team, though. Devin Williams, in his last 35 appearances, he's allowed a run in just one of them. Hobie Milner, Brad Boxberger, they've got sub-3 ERAs, but when you wind up getting into Brent Suter, and I mean, with the Brewers, you got to figure that with Ethan Spall most likely getting the start. They're going to use a lot of their bullpen. It becomes a little bit more of a roll of the dice. Then with the Minnesota Twins, guys like Yohan Duran, Griffin Jacks, who are giving you a 3 ERA out of the bullpen, they're able to give you some endings with the Minnesota Twins lineup. It's been very good what you've been able to get out of the top from Luis Arias. He's hitting a 340-413 on base. It's been a case which by Robuxon has been able to supply the boom, but not a lot of average. 23 home runs, hitting just a 216 though, so that's been interesting to take a look at, but by them, you do have quite a few guys that have been able to reach base for this team as you've got Kyle Karlick, Alex Karloff, Carlos Correa, all in between a 270-280. Correa's been a little bit down with his power numbers, just 12 home runs this season, but Ode Palanco, he's been able to give you 14 bombs as Polanco, Max Kepler, along with Nick Gordon, they're in between about a 245 to a 255, and then when it comes to the rest of the bullpen, being able to have someone like a Drelkon, give you solid innings, is relatively good for this team as well. We've seen a little bit of regression with Giovanni Morin as well, but I do trust in the Twins a little bit more in this spot, despite the fact that Dylan Bunny has had his road struggles, especially with the Brewers. Not having a lot of guys getting on base, so do you mind if saying my total ended in 8.9-ish, so in after less looking over 9 or higher to the under end, made the Minnesota Twins minus one seventy favorites, and we're going to have things up with 929-930 on the bank board. The Chicago White Sox are on the road facing up against the Colorado Rockies. Do be determined is going for the Rockies. Looking like it's going to be Irma Marquez, so that's how I've handicapped this game, and Michael Kopech is going to be on the bump for the White Sox. I did wind up saying the White Sox minus 14 favorites. If we do wind up getting Kopech versus Marquez, then it's a situation where I set my total at a 10.9, and that means that a 10.5 or less, I'm going to be taking a look at the over, an 11 or higher, going to be taking a look at the under. With Michael Kopech, we have seen things start to wash out on him quite a bit, as he was getting quite a bit lucky towards the beginning part of the season. Now it's been a case in which things have been dipping down for him. He's getting right around 8 punch outs per 9 innings. You'd expect that number to be a little bit higher if he wants to have success, but just a 352 road area. He's giving up right around 1.1 home runs per 9 innings. Opponents are in about a 231 off of him on the road, so things are starting to get back to the numbers that they should be, but for Kopech, the big thing has been the recent struggles of him here in the month of July. He has given up 10 earned runs over the course of his three starts, spanning 15 innings, and then he did wind up seeing his ERA in the month of June wind up being a little bit north of five as well. So that has been an issue after he wound up starting out the year, really posting up a sub-2-5 ERA first few months out of the campaign. And for Irma Marquez, he's been looking a little bit better recently, giving up two runs or fewer and now three out of his last five starts after he began the year, giving up at least three runs in 13 out of his first 16 starts. So not necessarily a great start to the year. He has been giving up still right around 1.6 home runs per nine innings, a walks per nine rate. That is a little bit north of three and at home, 663. ERA compared to a 440 ERA on the road with 13 out of his 18 home runs coming at home thus far this season with a relatively comparable amount of innings. And for the Colorado Rockies, you do have a bunch that they no doubt do a better job of being able to hit at home versus on the road. That's just a little bit of a given. You do have so many guys like a CJ Crone who he's just been able to slug out more bombs at home than on the road. He's got 22 overall for the season, all but seven have come at home. Brendan Rodgers, he's got nine home runs this season, all nine of on coming at home. Someone like Randall Gritchick, he has a 280 at home on the road below the Mendoza line of a 200. Charlie Blackman has been able to give you double digit amount of bombs as well. He's probably one of the better players and not getting thrown off when he's on the road. But for the Rockies, 1.25 home runs per game at home. 
about a half a home run per game on the road. And for the Chicago White Sox, this team is in the bottom eight in the big leagues in terms of home runs per game, but they lead the league in terms of batting average on the road. So they've been able to do a good job of being able to get on base as you've right now got Tim Anderson, Jose Abreu, Andrew Vaughn throwing there, Luis Robert, only at least a 298 for this bunch. You now have your Bonnie Grandall back in the fold. It's been a rough season for him, but I do think that he's going to be able to pick it up now that he's off the injured list. And for the White Sox, Liam Hendricks, Kendall Graveman, they're a very good one-two punch in the eighth and ninth inning. Big key is having Ronaldo Lopez and Jimmy Lambert do a solid job in the middle of the bullpen to be able to get them the ball because Jose Ruiz has been a little bit all over the place this season. Matt Foster has not been good, and Joe Kelly still has north of his six ERA. Meanwhile, when it comes to the Rockies, Lucas Gilbreth has been very good at home. Sub-2 ERA, north of a 6 on the road, so we've seen some big home and road splits there. With the Rockies, they've been a little bit better out of the bullpen recently, but they still have Tyler Kinley out for the year. Daniel Bart, he's been able to do a nice job with right around 2-ish ERA. Ty Block is able to give you some length in terms of multiple innings, too. So I did wind up setting the White Sox as a result. Minus 1 for 14 favorites and 10 and a half or less looking over 11 or higher to the under. And that will wrap things up for the Tuesday edition of the Baseball Betting Show, now part of the Visa Family Podcast. Big thanks to Josh Ingalls over there at Covers for joining me in the last segment. If you do like hearing from this fine podcast, the Baseball Betting Show, you're able to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, and TuneIn. If you've got a question, comment, segment idea, what have you for this podcast, you do have one or two ways to be able to find those in. First one is my Twitter timeline, at GNRSquarty1. Keep them Letters DM. They mean it does not matter. So as per usual, please just send these into the timeline. Other ways, find an Apple Podcast review. If you're at this podcast five stars, it is very much appreciated from there. You're able to find whatever you'd like to hear on this podcast. So I have that five star review coming at you guys every single day throughout the baseball season. And that means I'm going to be coming at you guys once again tomorrow. Thank you so much for tuning in. At Bed365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.